Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Gross. You can find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. Welcome to episode 18, and this is the uh, conclusion of the Home and Home series. We're in my dining room, and I am joined once again by my good friend and broadcast partner, Colin Stevenson. At Colin S. Newsday, last week we did episode 17 in in his living room. Colin is not in his pajamas today. He is uh, fully dressed. Wearing pants today. (laughs) Jeans. Actually, they're new jeans. I bought them just just this week. They feel great. Tremendous. Dad jeans. Yeah. We are into the all-star break and the extended bye week for uh, both the Islanders and the team Colin covers, uh, the Rangers, who I know is... Everyone's second favorite team listening to this podcast. (laughs) So um, we're going to look ahead here to uh, what what to expect in the second half of the NHL season uh, or after we come back from this vacation, specifically as it pertains to the Metropolitan Division. And uh, we also uh, did an interview with the Islanders all-star Matthew Barzell that we'll get to in a few minutes as he is out in St. Louis for the skills competition and also uh, the three-on-three tournament on Saturday night. And then uh, Colin and I will be sifting through a ton. You guys went overboard this week. Uh, At last count, I think I saw 64 uh, questions on the Twitter feed for... uh, We're not going to do all of them, are we? uh, We're going to get through as many as possible before the sand goes all the way through the... uh, (laughs) 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 Or we'll do what we can. Uh, Before we start, you know, not many people know this. Colin doesn't like telling people this, but uh, he and I go way... Way, 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 way back. We actually first met when we were cast as the leads on Bosom Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> um, we shot the pilot, didn't get picked up, yeah. <laughs> and they replaced us with a couple of guys named Tom Hanks, Peter Scolari, yeah. and uh, yeah. and we sort of drifted into sports writing, but we've maintained our friendship ever since. So. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh... We were so close. Yeah. So close. It could have gone a different way for us. So You know, I also didn't win the Powerball last night. Oh. Ooh. And I had a very bad night at poker. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tough. 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 Yeah. So, speaking of tough, we have arrived at the... Uh, at the uh, the All Star break here, and I would say that probably both teams would consider the spots they're in maybe a little bit tough. I know the Islanders are in a playoff position. Yeah. The Rangers are what eleven points out. Eleven points out. That's yeah, that's not out. making the playoffs. Is, 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 is what that is. The Islanders are, are clinging on to third place in uh, in the Metro, and you know they have the exact same record at uh, twenty nine, fifteen, and five as they did at last year's break and it just seemed a lot different last season probably because they were in the middle of their incredible run that they seem to have once a season January and into February was really really good for the Islanders last year of course this year the the 15-0-2 run happens you know October into November and it's sort of been 500 since so a little bit of a different feel and also just a really weird week I don't know what you thought from a distance but you know in one week we have defenseman Devontae's 
doing the whirly bird, <laughs> the flapping bird, you know, sort of mocking uh, Kuznetsov's signature goal celebration, which Barry Trotz wasn't too happy about and said something about. And then in uh, the Islanders' 4-2 win over the Rangers at the Garden on Tuesday night to send us into this vacation, he benches Matthew Barzell. Of all people. Of, well... You know, maybe not of all people, you know, maybe it was going to be the one guy. But, uh, you know, uh, for basically, uh, and, and Barzell talking to uh, our teammate, our Newsday teammate, uh, Laura Albanese, out in uh, St. Louis on Thursday night at the uh, All-Star Availability, you know, said, yeah, you know, Barry was right. There was a play in the second period, at the end of the second period, where instead of, you know, they, they have the three-goal lead. They're just trying to get the puck forward into the zone. And Matthew Barzell was skating around with it, turns it over. It's almost a goal for the Rangers, and Barry had seen enough. And and Matt said in St. Louis last night, you know what, I was right. But, you know, <laughs> it's kind of un-Islanders-like, that sort of thing. Do you have any thoughts on, you know, seeing two players essentially called out by their coach within a week? I think that's one of the things that <clears throat> makes this guy a great coach, because... He understands that it's about the collective, right? It's about the team. You can't let any one guy be selfish. You just can't. I mean, there are times when you need a, a goal scorer to be selfish and try and score a goal. But for the most part, uh, you want everybody to play for the team and not rather than for themselves. And that's a Lou thing, too. Lou, Lou doesn't like selfish uh, players. I mean, and everything has to be for the team. So if you're up three three goals, you just want to put that team away. you, you got to do the right thing. And um, and I think you, you send a message. And, and the, the thing, too... You know, when you're Barry Trotz, of course, you can do it because you are Barry Trotz and you do have that Stanley Cup ring um, and you do have that credibility that comes with that. Um, but you send a message to the rest of the team, listen, if I can bench this guy, yeah, I can bench any one of you. So yeah. I, I think it's a great move on his part. Um, you know, it didn't cost them. I mean, mm. the, the question would be, you know, obviously they're up 3-0, they go up 4-0. Um, they gave up a couple goals at the end, but it didn't. It didn't cost them anything, you know. We, it's 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 kind of a delicate balance. I mean, obviously, you you, you probably don't do that in a two one game. Right, right, and uh, you know, I, I was told after the game that Barry Trotz was still, and when he spoke to the media, he admitted he was still emotional. I heard he had gone into the locker room, and except for Thomas Grice. <laughs> who was outstanding in that game, 41 saves. Barry Trotz ripped into his entire team after that game. After I would four- hope he didn't rip Varlamov either, because he well, didn't well. that either. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, there, were, there were a few things Barry was unhappy with, and not the least of which was that they couldn't hit an empty net at the end. They kept shooting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. Um, and, and, of course... Toward the end, the Rangers pulled the goalie with, you know, many minutes to go. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, the Rangers had had that, that crazy power play. For yeah. The, the, with three, yeah, the four three minutes, teams. they scored twice. Well, while the, when they scored on that one, and then they had the crazy one with the oh. with the icing one, right? Yeah, where the, the, the Islanders didn't have the right players yeah, on the ice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, the, so, so not only was the, the, the Rangers' goal empty, and you have a two-goal lead, so you can go ahead and ice the puck, but you're shorthanded, which means you can't ice the puck. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I think that yeah. those guys better be practicing their 180-foot shots. Yeah, put the puck <laughs> in the net. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you know, I've seen uh, I've seen the Rangers do this, and and when they have a net empty at the other end, they put out Panarin, yeah, and you know, 
He doesn't. He'll shoot from behind his own blue line. He doesn't care. Yeah. He's, he's going to hit it. Right. Right. You know? And and that that could that's definitely an issue. Yeah. 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 And obviously Panarin did not play on Tuesday night with an upper body, and he did not go to St. Louis. Chris Kreider, you know, takes his spot on the Metropolitan Division team. And we're heading into February. February yeah. 24th is the deadline. Yeah. Chris Kreider's name is all over the yeah. place. Just big picture, you know, not Ranger specific, but what are your thoughts going into the trade deadline as it pertains to the Metropolitan Division? I mean, you know, we, we've said the, the Rangers are 11 points out. They're probably not a playoff team this year. The, the Islanders are clinging on to third place. They're chasing the Penguins who can't seem to lose anymore. No. And they're, you know, the, the Blue Jackets who've won six straight, they don't lose anymore. And by the way, very interesting. Who do you give the Jack Adams to this year? Mike Sullivan and John Tortorella. And they're and the two of them are so close, obviously. Yeah. You know, Sully being on Torts' staff for so long with the Rangers and also uh, you know, out in Vancouver for that for that woebegone year. Um I, I think if you know, it has to be and with all due respect to Sullivan, you do you did lose Sidney Crosby for a long time. Um but you, you have enough talent there, and I, and I think when you when you look at what Columbus has done, um, they lose their goalie, they lose Panarin, and then now they've lost their goalie again. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, like the you know literally when the Rangers the Rangers played them on Sunday and they they started a guy it was the second night of a back to back they had played the Devils the night before and they started a guy who was making his NHL debut, and not only was he making his NHL debut. But he had like an eight ninety something save percentage in the American League. He was like seven and seven. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like this guy was tearing up the AHL. So and you know, so this so if you're going to be winning games and 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 doing what they're doing, minus Panarin, you know, minus Bob, minus Jonas Corposalo. I mean, Duchesne is gone. Zingle's gone. They traded away Anthony Duclair, who looks like he's going to be the comeback player of the year. I mean, great job by Torrey. Great job by And And, you know, and I talk about how different this season feels when it comes to the Islanders. At this time last year, with the exact same record, it was Barry Trotz is going to win the Jack Adams hands down. Right. 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 And and now he's not even in the conversation for the most part. So. What do you see being moved in this division? Well, I mean, I see the Rangers being sellers. Yeah. So, like, you know, I think everybody's saying that Kreider's going to go, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. I would think uh, Kreider will go. Uh, I don't know where yet. I would think he could fit in any number of places. I mean, who wouldn't want a, a second line, you know, a top six left winger? Uh, who can get you 25 to 28 goals. And, and, uh, I'll tell you what, he would look fantastic in the Islanders. Line. He's, <laughs> he is almost exactly what the Islanders need, yes. except yeah, well, that they, it's not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> um, the teams have made trades before, but nothing yeah. of that magnitude, yeah. uh, obviously. Um, and, and I don't... I don't see them doing that. Yeah, and, and it goes back to, you know, when the Devils were dangling Taylor Hall, I said, well, you yeah, know, he'd be perfect for the Islanders, but he's yeah. not coming here. Well, and the other thing, too, is I don't think Lou's big on rentals. So, yeah. um, so that's a guy that 
I mean, if, if Lou's going to get a guy, he's going to keep that guy. Yeah. You know, he's going to get him for the long term. So I, I don't know that Lou's going to be in the market necessarily for a guy like Kreider who he would have for six weeks. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. It's fun to, to, to picture what he would look like in an Islander mm-hmm. uniform, but I don't see that happening. Um, and, you know, but the Rangers have other people, you know, who I think would be, would be good too, um, and maybe not for the Islanders as much, as Jesper Faust. I mean, that, that's a guy who's been also going to be an unrestricted free agent yeah. this year. Um, an under-the-radar guy. Right now he's making, I think, his cap hit is $1.9 million, But, you know, he can play anywhere in the lineup. He can play on the first line, the fourth line. Defensive uh, style, responsible kind of guy. Just makes everybody better. Um, and he, he could be a nice addition to some team, you know, especially as a rental. So, I mean, like, there's that. And then there's other guys, too. I mean, you know, Ryan Strom's available. You can have him back. You yeah. Him back. And, and uh, he's much better of a player or yeah. has performed much better since the Islanders traded him away. And now he's he's a legit second-line center with the caveat that He's a much better second line center with Artemi Panarin yeah. on his left wing. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But but also, you know, so just to refresh your memory, they, you know, when the Rangers got him last year, uh, they traded Ryan Spooner, who had been underachieving, <laughs> um, to Edmonton for Ryan Strom, who had been underachieving in Edmonton, mm-hmm. and then the salaries just about matched up. I think the Rangers had to had to carry a little bit of extra salary. Um, and, and Strom came to the Rangers, and of, gar- of course the Rangers didn't have Panarin last year, and Strom carved out a, a niche for himself and just really became a, a coach, coach's favorite guy who could play the wing, could play the middle, could play in the top six or the top nine, could do a lot of different things, and really established himself um, as a good player. So yes, no, he's, he's, he's obviously benefiting from playing with Panarin, but I think he's proven in the time that he's been here, you know, going back to, to last season, that he is a better player than he than he was when he was with the Islanders. He's a, he's a solid player now, and, and I think he could benefit a team, and probably the Islanders could benefit from him um, as much as anyone. Yeah, no, uh, and, you know, and that's, that's really... The, the Islanders, as we've discussed here, what they're looking for is scoring help up front. Um, and now you also wonder whether they, they might look for a defenseman, whether they're uh, completely sold on having Noah Dobson in their top six with Adam Pellick out for the rest of the regular season. Right. So would they go searching for a, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a veteran defenseman as well? You want Mark Stahl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Just kidding, as long as we're, you know. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding, folks. Uh, pay no attention to me. Yeah, you know, and I like Stahlsy. You know, well, he's got a no-move contract, yeah, right, so like, right. that's not how. Yeah, so no, two players I would bring up, and you, you mentioned Lou doesn't go for rentals, obviously, uh, you know, this is in rental territory, but uh, two guys who might fit in well with the, with the Islanders would be the Kings' Tyler Toffoli right. or the Wilds' uh, Jason uh, Zucker there. Um, you know, two of those guys, you know, if not spectacular players, no. but solid players who can get you point production. And I had mentioned, uh, I don't know, I think it was around about the time the Islanders played the Devils for the first time. And, uh, you know, someone on Twitter asked, uh, you know, all things aside, no contract issues, no salary cap implications. Right. 
Who is a player you could put into the Islanders lineup? No restrictions. And what I said at the time was it's a not a sexy selection, but the guy I thought would be Travis Zajac would go really well into the Islanders lineup. Now, lo and behold, you know, Steve Cangelosi, who does a fine job on MSG calling uh, Devils games on the uh, uh, on TV, did ask uh, Travis Zajac, who has a no-trade clause, whether he'd be willing to move that, and Travis said not at this time. And then uh, Elliot Friedman, the fine reporter with the Sportsnet, got in touch with Zajac's um, agent, who his who acknowledged yeah that that there was something on the table for Travis Zajac to consider and I think you know you don't have to be a mathematician to put two and two together there and and see that maybe Lou was trying to uh, see if he could get his old center yeah. back into the fold there and and if if Travis could ever be convinced to waive the no trade I think he would be a re- you know the yeah. Islanders desperately need a, a a third line center there Travis would would slot right in yeah a guy who uh, you know plays the right way plays both ways wins faceoffs for you I mean yeah veteran leadership uh, and and he's certainly he's he knows what Lou likes yeah. you know and, he, and he's a, he would be a perfect fit yeah you're right but uh, and and you know listen the, a lot of these guys. You know you're comfortable, you're established, you've 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 set roots down in, in a place. But in in Travis's case, I don't know if he could quite make the commute across those two bridges every day to oh, practice. I, but, but I I got to do it. Why can't I? And he can afford the tolls. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, at least you wouldn't be going far. I mean, so you know, it is it is something that um, it would make sense um, from from a lot of perspectives. But again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see if, if he's going to change his mind here in the next month. Yeah. Now, and also, and not Islander specific, but as long as I've got you in the dining room here, uh, the Rangers are carrying three goalies here, yeah. and yeah, you know. True. Everyone just assumes they're gonna they're gonna trade uh, Georgiev. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure. Well, I I think that they are willing to finish the season with three goalies. Yeah. Um, but it's not ideal. It's really not ideal. Um, I don't, you know, in the in the. What is it? January sixth uh, was when Shesterkin, Igor Shesterkin, was called up from Hartford, and that is what two weeks. Um, in two weeks, it, it, it was it was hard to figure out who was playing next, and you know, making sure that everybody's getting enough ice time and you know, practice time and stuff. And it's interesting. There's two nets in, on the on the practice rink, of course, and and usually what happens is. Uh, at Rangers practice is that Henrik Lundqvist has his net and he goes and he, he he's in there the right. whole time and then right. the, the two Russian guys you know sort of <laughs> share the net at the other end so because you, know, you still have to defer to Hank yeah, to a certain extent you know the guy you know and, and people listen there's a lot of Ranger fans that are you know wishing that that you know, Henrik would go away at this point one way or the other that he would waive his no trade clause and 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 accept a trade to to uh you know, to a contender, a Stanley Cup contender, he hasn't won a cup yet, and all that kind of stuff. So, but I, I don't see that happening. So, as long as that's not going to happen, and then they're not going to trade Igor, so then yes, it looks as though Gorgiev is the guy in the middle, and is the guy that they likely would deal. But you know, they're not going to give him away. So, I think you know, if 
you know, if they have to finish the season with three goalies, they'll finish the season with three goalies and figure it out over the summer. And uh, just a, a wackiness here idea. Yeah. You, you buy Hank out at the end of the season. He's only got one year left on his deal after this, and you keep the two young kids. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> Just yeah. throwing it. Meanwhile, the Islanders have a young Russian goalie uh, they would like in the fold in Ilya Sorokin. Uh, reports uh, out of uh, Russia in the KHL, uh, he was quoted as saying that, you know, uh, you know, there are reports that his KHL club, uh, uh, CSKA Moscow, wants to offer him an incredibly lucrative deal to stay in the KHL. And obviously, Lou Lamarillo would like to bring him over to North America finally. He was a third-round pick in 2014, putting up great numbers, as many goalies seem to do in the KHL. So, you know, Shesterkin certainly did. Um, But, you know, uh, I remember talking to Semyon Varlamov at the beginning of the year and basically... He was telling me Sorokin is the best goalie not playing in the NHL uh, as of this moment. So Lou Lamarillo certainly wanting to get Ilya Sorokin into the fold. And uh, I believe Sorokin was quoted as saying that he's going to wait after until after the KHL season to decide. And that can't make the Islanders feel great. That certainly sounds like there's going to have to be a little bit of a bidding war to uh, get him over to North America. Um, yeah, the, the issue that you run into with the bidding war is that, you know, because of the CBA here and the rookie, you know, you, yeah. know, you have to sign a rookie deal. Yep. You'd be capped at $925,000 is the maximum you could pay him. And obviously in the KHL, they don't have a, right. a salary cap. Well, that's they, why they I say in a, bi- in a bidding war, you know, the KHL is... They win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just a matter of how much Sorokin really wants to come to North America. Right, and, and, and you know, there's enough Russians here. This is the best league, but that's the second best league. And he's playing for probably the best team or one of the best teams in that league. So life is, is probably pretty good. You know, if you look at that league, um, it's a league of haves and have-nots. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, you know, a lot of, a lot of goalies put up crazy good numbers in that league, uh, Shesterkin being one of them. But, um, and I forget the guy's name, but you know, we were looking at the St. Petersburg st- statistics last year, and the goalie with whom, you know, who was Shesterkin's goalie partner was putting up almost identical numbers. <laughs> and I, and I, 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 you know, his name escapes me, but he had played for the Rangers, actually, mm-hmm. as one of uh, Lundquist's many backups over the years and stuff. And so... You know, if you look at those numbers and say, okay, this guy's putting up those numbers, and, you, and you're not quite sure, you can't quite be sure um, just exactly how much weight to, to give those numbers. Um, but, you know, I, I would give more weight to Varlamov saying that Sorokin is the best yeah, and not yeah. in the league. I, that certainly, listen, I mean, Shesterkin came over and, you know, certainly looks certainly good. Has, yeah. has done, you know, um, has done well here in his first season in North America playing on the, on the small ice and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. I mean, if you can, you want to, you want to get this guy, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's not going to be easy. Right. Well, as the sand continues ticking through the glass, uh, we're going to get on to some Andrews and Collins answers on Twitter. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, but first, but first. But first. Let's hear from Matthew Barzell, the Islanders All-Star, who is out in St. Louis this week. His second straight. Oh, (laughs) I did not say that, folks. Please direct all 
comments to Colin.Stevenson. It's a joke. Um, let's hear from Matthew Barzell, who talks about a, a range of issues, starting off with the fact that he's going to be a restricted free agent this summer without arbitration rights, I believe. But you've seen some of those RFAs without the arbitration rights get some serious coin in their contracts. And, uh, you know, Matthew Barzell certainly in, in, in that area of, you know, probably can demand a lot of money here. And, and I've said before that, you know, he's probably looking at Mitch Marner's contract pretty, pretty closely here. But um, anyway, here's uh, uh, Matthew Barzell talking about his all-star appearance, talking about his contract, and talking about the way the Islanders play under Barry Trotz. Yeah, I mean, I'm just playing hockey right now. I'm not, I'm not really worrying about contract. That stuff will take care of itself. I mean, we're, we're in a tight race. We're, we're trying to make the playoffs. Um, trying to play meaningful games at the end of the year in, in late April and May, so... Uh, that's the goal right now. Yeah. I'm not really worried about contracts and stuff. This stuff uh, takes care of itself just with good play. You know, we, we know we know we're not a juggernaut offensively, and it's just how it is. It's how it's been the last two years, and we don't win games six five five four. It's two one, and sometimes it's just about playing well and. Um, doing the little things, so that's just the culture here, and that's, that's fine with me. I mean, as long as we're in a playoff spot and we're winning hockey games, uh, you know, again, um, I think you kind of get paid, you know, worry about contracts after the season, but you won't be in the playoffs, I and mean, that's that's ultimately where you be, you show yourself as a player and show the will and the compete. So, um, again, just looking to try to get in the playoffs. Do you see the potential? I mean, we've talked about this. Do you see the potential for more goal production within the room? Or, you know, like you said, you know, you just haven't been able to break that 3-4 goal barrier. Yeah, I mean, I think when you watch us, it's a little bit evident. I mean, we play very structured and... Um, not, we don't take too many risks. Uh, again, our power play hasn't been great, so that's obviously a, a, a thing as well where you can get you know one or two on, on the power play. But watch teams that score a ton of goals, whether it's uh, Chicago, who's not in the playoff spot, or Tampa Bay, who's right at the top. Um, there's a lot of room for uh, for risk and a lot of room for maybe odd man rushes the other way for the other team. But you know, we just that's just not in our uh, not in our game and not in our style the last two years and. At the end of the day, you know, it, it's worked. We've had good records, and we've, we've been in the playoffs. So, um, you know, we kind of know that if we're going to be win hockey games and win in the playoffs, we've got to be able to win games 3-2 three, three, and 2-1 and whatnot. And, you know, some nights it's going to be it's kind of a mixture of goals. We kind of round our game up, you know, four-line hockey and whatnot. So some nights it's going to be... Z's line, sometimes it's going to be my line, sometimes it's going to be Nelly's line, so it's just kind of how, how our team works. Uh, I mean, I, I know how you play the game. Is, is that, you know, I think we've talked about this too, but the adjustment you have to make to play within that system, how would you grade that? Has it been difficult for you? I mean, I know you like winning hockey games. Yeah. Do you see the bigger picture? I mean, obviously I'd, I'd love to score every night. I try to score every night, try to score every shift, really try to set plays up and um, look for opportunities to score but um, 
you know, for me, I mean, it's just it hasn't really, really been, you know, at times maybe uh, would like to score more, or like uh, some pucks go in the back of the net. But that's hockey. You know, there's a good, there's good goalies on the other end, and not everything is going to go in. But I think the adjustment, um, you just have to, you just have to adjust. I mean, that's our system, that's our structure, and you know, wins hockey games for us so far, and. Um, you know, would I trade 15 more points, 20 more points to be out of the playoffs? And, uh, absolutely not. So just trying to play play meaningful hockey in May and April, and um, that's what kind of gets me excited. You, uh, if I could ask you about the – I know we've talked about the All-Star, but, you know, you got one game tonight. But what, what are you most looking forward to, you know, this weekend in St. Louis? Um, probably just seeing my family. Uh, yeah, I haven't uh, seen so they are, they are coming. Yeah, in. I haven't seen my family in a while. Um the All-Star game is more of an entertainment thing, so um, I'll be excited to play in three-on-three and kind of play with some of the top guys around the league. That's always fun, but yeah, I haven't seen my family for a while, so it would be nice to get get together with them. Yeah. And, uh, I know we talked earlier about um, you played with Latang last year. He's yeah. back in the game. You, yeah. Are you hoping maybe to rekindle something with him? Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> You know, it was me, Sid, and Latang, and Sid's not going, so that's kind of a big piece of the, <laughs> yeah. the three-man unit. But, um, no, nah, I think, you know, whoever I'm with, it, it'll be fun. and yeah. just going to try to showcase my skill. Yeah. When you were a kid, who really, like, pushed you? I know, you know, you're a very competitive guy, but who do you feel like really pushed you to, to be the best you could be? Um... I'd say I had various coaches, yeah. uh, especially in junior, Steve Connell-Wolchuk. Yeah. Um, he definitely brought it, brought the best out of me. And But from an early age, probably just my dad. Just, yeah. But I always had love for the game, so it was never like, you know, he was pushing me to play hockey or anything. I always loved the game, but he, he definitely... Um, he definitely uh, brought out the best of me and, and, you know, just... Uh, yeah, he brought all the best to me for sure. Yeah, your skating looks so natural. Yeah. It, it, was it that, like, when you first stepped on the ice, or, you know, I know how much hard work you put into things, but yeah. how, how much of it is natural skill? Or how much it, it is work? Um, I definitely, I, you know, I think skating, I think skating in general is more of a, how your body's built. I don't think, you know, you can do all the power skating you want, but I think then they skate how you skate. I, you know, I've seen kids, um, work with power skating coaches for six, seven years and their stride looks the exact same. It's it's really just about how your body's built, you know, if you're six three, five eleven, so um, for me I but I was always on the ice so maybe my turning and whatnot, agility, that had something to do with it. But I was just as a kid I was on the ice, you know, hours and hours and hours, so maybe that had something to do with it. You still do that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I mean, love being out there. You're the one guy that can't Barry can't get off the no, ice. I know. I know. I know. Can you describe what that feeling is like when you're just flying up the ice? I mean, how exhilarating is that? No, I, <laughs> I love it. I, you know, it's it's nice when we can, I get a puck or two in open ice, or you know, maybe we catch a team on a break. Like last game, I had the breakaway kind of pulled pulled off their guy. So yeah. I personally like, you know, that's obviously an asset of my game. I, you know, would like to use it a little bit more. But again, we. Yeah. We like to just uh, play simple and just kind of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we don't feed it too much. I mean, just with our system, we more just get it deep and forecheck and that kind of stuff. So yeah. but I'm trying to find ways to use it more. Yeah, no, I'm just coming from a guy who will never 
be able to skate like that. Yeah. I mean, it just must be must be like driving a race car, you know. Yeah. Just <laughs> no. Sometimes, sometimes. I think, I think my speed comes off a lot of crossing over. Yeah. But uh, you watch a guy like Bo, he's very straight line. Nick Letty, very straight line. But I think, you know, if you're weaving in and out, I think that's more my style. Yeah, no, it's fun to watch. Thank so. you. Thanks, <laughs> Listen, have a great time at the All-Star. Yeah. Thank you. Again, my thanks to Matthew Barzell for taking some time to chat. Always fun talking to Barzy. He's, uh, you know, at 22, a very opinionated, confident kid. Um, but, you know, what skills he has as a hockey player. And I, and I mean it. Like, just for one for one shift, I would like to know what it feels like to skate up ice like Matthew <laughs> Barzell. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah, because right? I would break both my ankles and probably suffer a concussion going at that yeah. speed. But anyway, as promised, as Colin sits next to me, it is now time for... You know, we're going to need some new theme music if you're going to keep doing this. But, uh, we only got one more. Uh, you, know, you, got, you got me one more No, time. no, we're going to drag you right into this podcast world. But uh, it is now time for Andrew's Answers. It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. And we're going to get right into this because, like I said, you guys went overboard. Uh, I asked for one question, one comment. And I got like 64, 65 responses. So we're gonna we're gonna do Some our. Some of them are really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna do our best here, folks. Um, Jay Mersh says, "Is there any kind of negativity going around the room in regards to Barzy guys not getting along, or him showing frustration with Trotz benching him? With this being a contract year, I would hope he's not looking to leave. Um, one does not." necessarily you know have anything to do with the other there's no real negativity going around the room he's he's close with a lot of guys specifically Anthony Beauvillier and their stalls are next to each other um you know and the veterans get along with Barzi just fine as well um like I said he can be a very confident kid um and he can give it, you know, he takes it as good as he gives it. You know, uh, the guys will chirp at him a lot in the room. He chirps back. Uh, I haven't seen any negativity uh, with regards to Barzi in the room. Um, and as far as frustration with Trotz benching him, you heard, uh, or if you go to the Newsday website, you can read Laura Albanese's story with Barzi's comments from St. Louis where he basically said Barry did the right thing. Uh, Scotty D says, why is Lou Lamarillo so reluctant to make a move? Is it because he is not willing to settle on a return or he is not actively trying for a person who preaches accountability? He's not holding himself accountability, uh, accountable. Um, I can tell you he is kicking the tires and making phone calls. It goes more to why is he reluctant to make a move? You know Lou as well as I have. What what are your impressions of Lou around the trade deadline? Well, you know, making trades is is not easy, um, and Lou is is very um, well. He's adamant that he, I said earlier he's not he's not interested in rentals for the most part. I mean, not that he's never traded for a rental, but he's he's looking for guys that can help immediately and also stick around and help longer term. So that kind of changes the equation. You're not just looking for a guy that can help you 
um, this season, but but one who's going to help you next season as well. So that so that that you know that kind of uh, I guess shrinks the pool of available players. Uh, I suppose the other thing is you know what does he have to offer up right uh, in terms of prospects and, and, and things and like the that. The Islanders' prospects are not as highly regarded around the league as perhaps internally they might be regarded. Right. So and that's yeah. I mean that, that that's an issue. That's an issue. Like you know you have to have. You have to look. You have to accumulate enough young talent. Not only that they're going to come and play on your team, but some of them you're going to use to go acquire veteran talent, right? So, um, if you look at what they have in the farm system, do they have? Are we, you, you know, assuming they're not going to trade a Noah Dobson, assuming they're not going to trade an Oliver Wallstrom, uh, do they have other guys in their system that people want? That they are willing to trade, and so I, I don't know the system. Certainly, is, is I, I would think that is a very open-ended question, and perhaps the fact that Lou has not been able to swing a deal yet speaks to the fact that other people do not, other organizations do not regard the Islanders' prospects. And, and you know, it, the other thing is, it, it, there is a month till the trade deadline. Yes. And so. Exactly. A you month know, today, I mean, right? Yeah. T- today t- we're, we're yeah. recording on the twenty fourth. So. Um, so th- there's plenty of time. I mean, you don't have to, you don't panic because believe me, Lou's not panicking. Yeah. Uh, old school Mountie just uh, following up says, with the exception of Sezikis, the third and fourth lines are giving the Islanders no offensive production. Remember Cal Clutterbuck out indefinitely. Um, does Lamarillo go all in at the deadline to get a legit top line score, which would allow Bailey to bolster the third line? No. Okay, there you go. I mean, if he's going to get somebody, he's going to get the third line store. Yeah, right. Um, Adam Papadulia says, and and I'm getting better with this last name with each (laughs) successive episode. Uh, Says you. Yeah, says me. Yeah, it's probably pronounced Smith for all I know. But uh, any chance Lou Lamarillo does something noteworthy during the break? No. No, not during the break. Um... Anthony J. Depperman says Lou really needs to address a shooter for Barzell, either by trade or bringing up Bellows or Wallstrom to play with him. Must also get rid of Dal Call, finally. If you're not going to use Hosang, put him in a package. Let's start setting up a better playoff run and next season. You know, Josh Hosang just celebrated a birthday and... How old is he, 25? 25. He's not a young prospect anymore. I don't think anyone wants to take him on. So he's not getting included unless it's as a, a, you know... End of the end of the bargain uh, throw-in. Right, he, he's yeah, not. He, he's not correct. Driving any trade. He's a he's a throw-in in any trade. Yeah, um, Matt says after that historic early run in wins and points, is there a quantifiable reason for the stumble? Fatigue, a loss in chemistry, injuries, of the rumored or fantasized players to be gained. Who do you? Think would fit best in the trots Lou trots Lou system. I'm saying Travis Zajac there. Yeah, Travis Zajac sounds great. And you know, Toffoli you mentioned. Yeah, and uh, and maybe a defenseman too, because I, th- yeah. I think that's a point you brought yeah. up earlier. I mean, yeah. maybe um, what are you for? Your your six right now is four right-handed shooters. Yeah. Maybe you want a lefty defenseman. I don't know. Yeah, I think Andy Green, another old blue player, yeah. Might, yeah, yeah. Uh, might be a. You know, he's at the end of his run, right. but, you know, he might 
get revitalized with one last playoff run and you right, know right. um and andy's a tremendous guy in the room as well i know again not a sexy no. you know name no and but that's kind of a loose thing right he's not gonna uh, most of the time he's not getting a sexy name. <laughs> except when he acquires Ilya kovalchuk <laughs> i said most of the time. most of the time um uh and, and as far as a quantifiable reason for the stumble uh Look, it's not fatigue, although, you know, 7-11 and to go into the break, there is some fatigue there. I don't think it's loss in chemistry. Injuries do hurt. Clutterbuck and Pella can't be overstated being out of the lineup. But you know know what? The Islanders uh, were good early, and then a lot of other teams in the NHL kind of hit their stride right. a little bit later. That's true. And, you know, there's a lot of parity in the NHL, and it's not surprising when teams go 500, basically, because on any given night, any team can be better than any other night. Uh, and, look, it, it comes down to the Islanders are getting the goaltending. They're not getting the scoring, you know. And, and I know Lou always says goal differential matters the most, and the Islanders are 11th in the league, I believe, at plus 11. Um, but they're not scoring enough. They, they just aren't. Um, Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box says, uh, does it get old listening to beta males whine about Ross Johnson? Ross has improved as a player and still does his job, yet some refuse to acknowledge his improvement. The Okay, uh, they use him as a scapegoat, yet have no idea what goes into the mindset of the role he plays. Uh I had not thought about it uh, as far as uh, beta males whining about Ross Johnson. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I like, I've said this, I like Ross as a player, and, and I, I think he's worked really hard at his craft, and I know what Barry is trying to mold him into, which is sort of, you know, in that Anders Lee, Tom Wilson kind of player mold. He hasn't gotten there yet. He, you know, he's had his chances this year. He does show some soft hands around the net. He skates hard, um, but he's still not yet an everyday player. Um, let's see. Uh, no complaints except still not enough scoring, says. How much of the projected available cap space next season will Taze, Pulak, Barzell soak up? Uh, I don't see any scenario, move or no move, where this team goes past round two of the playoffs. Um, as far as how much of the project, look, Taze, Pulak, Barzell are going to soak up a lot. I mean, I've told you, I think Barzell considers himself a $10, $11 million a year player. Um, Pulak is a top pair defenseman, and those guys go for about $6 million a year, if that, if not more. And Taze, you know, offensive defenseman like that, you pay for defensemen. You're in the four and a half, five million a year range for Devon Taze, I would think. Um, so whatever percentage that is, don't ask me to do math. I just gave you some numbers. You can figure out the percentage from there. It's going to be a lot. Uh, Michael Stallone says... Do you sense Barzy could be growing frustrated with his benchings while you have guys like Mayfield taking stupid late and costly penalties that cost the team without repercussions? And uh, uh, I don't think Barzy looks at Mayfield and goes, why isn't this guy on the bench with me? I, I don't think that's how Barzy thinks. Um, however, I, I, it wouldn't shock me 
if Mayfield takes a seat, if he makes another one of those late penalties. I mean, that spearing penalty, you know, four minutes yeah, there. And, you know, regardless of what you think of the on-ice officials and their ability to make calls, you can't put yourself into position that late in the that game. Was, that was ridiculous. Yeah, where you, you might get called. And I'm sure that, you know, I mean, Brendan Lemieux, yeah. Might have gone down, but I mean, yeah, no, he yeah, obviously, but basically but, showing the ref, listen, this is what this guy did to me, and that's a smart play, and that's a play that any Islander should do in that spot, right? You're yeah. down by four goals, you get a, a, a yeah. stick blade into yeah. your stomach, you gotta, you gotta sell it, <laughs> right? Right? I mean, and it, there, I mean, listen, it was there for all the world to see. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, listen, the referee is, all of the officials are looking right at you. It's yeah. not like it happened in the middle of play <laughs> and somebody had his head turned or something. Like, you know, it's a stoppage in play, you know, guys are barking, everybody's looking at you. That yeah. is just a play you can't make. Michael Keller says, what's the story with Andrew Ladd? Hard to imagine he couldn't provide solid defense, veteran presence, and some scoring punch to the third line. You would have to think he's a better option than one of the following grinders. Martin Johnson, Komarov, Kunakel. Now, here's... Here's what I find funny is last season, <laughs> the Twitter responses, anything to do with Andrew Ladd, were ugly, ugly, yeah. <laughs> ugly responses about Andrew Ladd. You guys did not like Andrew Ladd, but now that he's with Bridgeport, you guys are saying, why shouldn't Andrew Ladd be up? And, you know, I, I, I don't disagree that he provides a little bit more scoring potential than any of those guys you mentioned um, but he's got 11 goals in 30 games for Bridgeport, right? Yeah, um, um, but also the Islanders are saving daily against the salary cap with Andrew Ladd in the AHL, and that can be used as it accrues to to get a bigger contract towards the end of the season in, in a trade. So. Yeah, yeah, no, and and that's that's a fair point, but I think that I think the question is also fair. I mean, if you know, if, if you have somebody and. You know, like the, this Kiefer Bellows kid, we you know we said it last week. Like you know, when's he gonna get here, right? So yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see about that. I mean, he is an all star. Um, so I mean, the, the question is, is there anybody anybody at all down there that can help you uh, up with the big club? And and you you just have to trust them on this one and just think that you know if if somebody down there was able to was better than somebody up here, then that somebody would be here. Anthony Pisano says, do you see the team going back to a 50-50 goalie split? Uh, the, the, the formula that worked during the streak, the 15-0-2 streak, no blame on Varlamov, but coincidentally our slide can coincided with the change. And yes, I, I see it going back to more of a 50-50 split. Actually, if you read my, uh, my analysis today in uh, on Newsday's website, newsday.com backslash sports. There's an Islanders page with all my uh, material there, as well as a Rangers page with all of Collins' writings. Um, right down at the end, I have a quote from Barry Trotz addressing that, uh, saying that, yes, basically he sees both goalies getting a bigger workload or a big workload through February uh, was it well, 15, 15, yeah, 15 games. 15 games in 29 days, right? Yeah, so, so yeah. the goalies are going to... You both get a, a big load there. Tony P says, Andrew, not pleased with the team's play the past two months. I think you're in lockstep with pretty much everyone on Isles Twitter. Will Lamarillo land a scorer 
a scorer, or will he give either Bellows or Wallstrom an opportunity because the third line wings provide nothing? And I think option A will be trying to land a scorer, and option B will be calling someone up from the AHL if he cannot land a scorer. So, How old is Bellows? Bellows is, uh, what is he, 21, I believe? I'm, I'm looking at his page. Yeah, 21, 22? Born in 98. Do the math. Uh, he's 21. Uh, let's see. Brian Lotto says, in the minority, but this team's best hockey is ahead of them. Hey, look All at right. that. Wow. <laughs> is the lack of action from Lou a result of the rest of the league hesitancy to be shown up by the sage that is Lou? If so, would it make sense for Lou to move to the president role and hire a GM Shiro type? And I love your confidence in Lou. I don't think he's giving up the GM only. No. 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 He, Lou, Lou does Lou when Lou is in charge of everything. And, you know, you saw what happened when he gave up the GM. And really, he was forced out by ownership uh, to give up his GM ship with the Devils. And they hire Ray Shiro. And Lou was gone to Toronto. Uh, within two, three months to be a GM under a president. But, you know, as a GM, I think he feels like he has more control over the team's roster. Um, And I keep coming back to this. The trade deadline is a month from today. Yep. Don't panic. (laughs) Somebody somewhere is going to make a trade. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and I don't... don't... And I'm not guaranteeing that the Islanders will make a trade. I'm just saying, you know, you can't say, oh, he hasn't made a trade yet. That doesn't mean he's not going to... He's got a month to do it. And and I don't see other GMs in the league, like, cowering when, like, when Lou's name comes up on caller ID. I can't take this call because I'm going to get pantsed in this deal. (laughs) No, no. No, no. You know, listen, it's an interesting interesting take, but no, I don't think that's Mm. it. I just think it's 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 not time yet. Yeah, T. Scott says even though Cal Clutterbuck isn't a high offensive threat, is there an outside chance he returns this season? His absence has affected not only the fourth line but the team as a whole. I agree with with, with that completely. Has the locker room vibe changed at all because of it? I have not sensed the locker room vibe changing. And um, the latest I have from Barry Trotz on Cal Clutterbuck is there's a chance he can resume skating on his own um, once the break is over. Um, And then, you know, he still has a long way. But Lou Lamarillo said at the time of the surgery and the injury, which was in December, uh, December 20th, I think was the surgery. December 19th was the injury um, that Clutter was going to be back this season. So, you know, maybe you're looking at March. Um, but I'm not a doctor. Um, Dr. Krentis says, speaking of doctors, doctors yeah. doctor, there you go. doctor, doctor, that was that great scene. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, 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 doctor. doctor. Um, with all of the coaching changes that have already happened yeah. this year thus far and more to come at the season's end, do you think this is the last season we have Lane Lambert behind the Islanders bench? Oh, I was surprised he wasn't given a head coaching job last go-round. And, and to be honest, so were Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz. They thought Lane Lambert was getting the job in uh, Anaheim. 
And I think the expectation in the organization is that Lane Lambert could get a head coaching job at any moment. So, yeah, it would not shock me if this is his last season with the organization. And I think Barry would be thrilled if that was the case. You always want your, your, your top guys to move on and, and, and get a chance for themselves. Um, uh, Doug Rowan says, what available goal scorers are realistic options for the Islanders? My comment is, while a goal scorer would help, we need the players we currently have to get going. Lazy play in our own zone is really hurting the team. And I agree, I have not been thrilled with the play in the defensive zone. The Islanders just can't seem to escape their own zone at times. Sloppy passes. Uh, saw that against the uh, the Rangers. Um, let's see. Uh, we've, we've discussed some of the goal scorers we think are realistic options. Um, and I agree that the players on the roster, the Jordan Eberleys, who's, um, you know, four of his yeah. seven goals has come out. He goals in the last couple games. Right? Yeah, four of his... Well, here's the problem. He only has seven goals this season. Right. Four of them have come in the last eight games. So is it you look at the seven goals in 39 games, or do you say, oh, four and eight, you know, streaky goal scorer is going to streak, you know? Uh, well, I mean, you signed him. Yeah. So you got to run so, with them. Yeah. You know, what choice yeah. do you have? <laughs> but, yeah, no, the Islanders, you know, whether, you know, trade – it's both. They they have to get a scorer, and their own scorers have to score. Uh, Jason says has a bad January, uh, bad had a bad January, but still fifth in the league in points. Everything is okay. All is well. <laughs> All is well. Don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> also, how much do you think Ottawa wants for Duclair? You know, boy, if, more than you can afford. I'm uh, guessing. I would say if they could, they might ask for a first, settle for a second, but maybe not, maybe not second, settle for a second. So listen, you can give up your first round pick, right? I mean, if you're, if, if you're as the, as the previous questioner said, uh, fifth in the league, you know, what's your first round pick? Your first round pick is going to be 24th or 25th ish, something like that. I mean, you can give up a first round pick, uh, for a guy if you believe that guy can really help you. Yeah. Uh, now, now, now Anthony has bounced around. Right. And this is really the first season right. where he's put it together. And you have to say, has he really figured it out? Or is, or is this season the outlier? And then, so the other thing, too, you have to know what kind of player he is. Again, I, I, I've seen him play a couple times as an opponent, but I, know I haven't seen him. Uh, I haven't studied him. I don't know. I mean, maybe... If you look at the way the Islanders play, if you look at the way Barry Trotz plays, where it's defense first, you got to be responsible. I don't know what he's doing up in Ottawa. Maybe he's scoring goals because he's goal hanging. I don't know. Yeah. So I mean, you got to take that into account as well. I mean, you, you know, you can't just look at the numbers. You got to look at the player. Yeah. Watts says buyers or sellers, and I'm going buyers for buyers. the US. buyers. Two buyers there. Buyers. Uh, Rob Diamond says, question, who is your favorite Isles player from PEI? That's <laughs> Prince Edward Island. The answer, all of them. And, yeah, Ross Johnson and Noah Dobson are two of the chiller players to sit down and ch- uh, to chat with PEI. I have been told I have to go there. I made it up. Uh, I've seen some of the Maritimes have not made it to PEI. 
Uh, that is certainly on the bucket list. Have you been to PEI? No, I've not been to PEI. All right. Well, maybe maybe well, we'll we can go. We'll do a road show. We'll do our families. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Kev says, not at all hockey related, but who are some of your favorite rhythm sections? I'm sure as a drummer, you have a handful of bassists you hold in high regard. <laughs> uh, that's hashtag groove. And uh, uh, I will say, do you have any favorite rhythm sections? No. No? Okay. No, this is all you, baby. All right. You're the expert here. Uh, here's, the, I will say, I, I have, uh, amongst my many flaws as a drummer, um, is a tendency, rather than to play off the bassist, and, and perhaps it's, you know, the quality of bands I've been in. <laughs> <laughs> um, Throw them under the bus. Yeah. No, my natural instinct has been to play off uh, the rhythm guitar. Uh, much like, you know, more, more Who-like, because Keith Moon would play off of Pete Townsend and the singer and to accentuate them. Um, but I understand that a good band, the bassist and the drummer are in lockstep. And, and you know, the w- one that really comes to mind here, it, it, when, when you look at both the bassist and the drummer, um, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers with Flea and Chad Smith, I love their work together. I mean, they completely drive the bus. And, and sometimes, you know, you don't even realize the guitar is being played. Um, that, that, would, that would, you know, that would be number one. I mean, there are so many tremendous basses. John Entwistle, clearly one of my favorite bassists. And I love the work he did with uh, Keith Moon. But like I said, Keith Moon was so... Unique in the way he played. Um, Ginger Baker and and Jack Bruce. Again. But I'm trying to not be so old school. Um, anytime Billy Sheehan plays with Mike Portnoy, it's just unreal. Uh, literally unreal. Um, and also, you know, in, in R.I.P. to Neil Peart. Um, but Getty Lee. <laughs> there, there are some players you just don't understand how they do what they do and you watch them and you still don't understand like I can watch Keith Moon drum forever and I I I literally cannot figure out all the things he's doing and it was the same with Getty Lee uh the way he played his bass the way he's playing uh you know pedals uh you know keyboard pedals and he's singing at the same time um, but anyway, uh, I could go on for that for a while. But um, uh, Michael Minucci says, uh, I feel pretty good about the team at the break, but Pelic's injury really concerns me. Do you believe Pelic's injury should stop Lou from being as aggressive as he may have been had he been healthy and because of the Islanders' inconsistency as of late? No, I, I think if anything, the injury should make Lou be more aggressive. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Why? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you try and replace what you what you have lost? Um, Dobson is, uh, you know, it's for the time being. He's going to get some minutes, and and uh, and that's good for him. But you know, you, you as a team, you want to go further than you did last year, which was to the second round, and you got swept in the second round too. So uh, go out, and, you know, do what you can and improve the team as much as you can. If that means getting a defenseman, do that. All right, Tom Rarden says, I'm comfortable with where the team is and who the team is. This isn't fantasy hockey, but uh, uh, however, he says, with only one pick, who would be the perfect fit for the team via free agency oh. for next season? Oh. I have one. Chris Kreider. Taylor Hall. 
That would be fine, too. Yeah, okay. Uh, Thomas Boyle asks, is Lou on the hot seat at this time? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. If, uh, if anything, Lou has put ownership on the hot seat. <laughs> uh, let's see. Dave Mack says, two goalies split again when they get back from the break. Yes. Uh, Sam Tantliff said... Do you feel that one move, if made, is enough? In other words, do they need to replace Pelic at left defense? Or do you think Dobson is going to stick there? I would love to try and see Lou get to Foley and Martin, uh, Alec Martinez from L.A. And yeah, I, I think Lou is going to look to bolster both the back end and the front end. Yeah, I would think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh... Let's see. Mike T says, what are the rules regarding the CBA mandated break, uh, mandated break after the All-Star break? When can the Isles have their first practice? Also, I thought the NHL was going to avoid matching teams coming off a break with teams that have been playing. Vancouver has games uh, Jan 27th and Jan 29th, and the Islanders come out of the break playing the Canucks at Barclays. On February first, so the rule is what the day day before, right? Uh, or is it two days before? I think it's the day before. Right. So the Rangers who play Friday the are Rangers going to Friday, practice Thursday. Thursday, correct? Yeah. So I play Saturday. So I would assume it's Friday. Friday, we'd assume. Yes. We assume. Yeah, it's going to be late next week. Yeah. Uh, Dimitri D and and I will be honest, like. The CBA is a very long and boring uh, document, <laughs> and I've I've tried to read through as much as I, I can. I downloaded it yesterday, and I'm never going to look at it. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, Dimitri D says Getzloff is on the trading block, third center option for Isles. I, I tend to think that Ryan Getzloff is on the other side of the mountain right now, I, but. Maybe he's got a little bit of life left in his well, legs. Let's just let's just look him up on Cap Friendly and see. Yeah. Let's see what he makes. He makes a lot. Oh boy. Yeah. Eight point two five million. And he's got another season too. Yeah. So that's a hard no. Hard no. Hard no. Uh, Eight point two five for a third line center. Yeah, Garth Snow fan. Ooh, there's the guy. Wow. Yeah. Need a score. 19 regulation wins is underwhelming. Can't keep playing for overtime. Will Lou wake up and get us one? I, I think yes. Yeah, he's going to get you a scorer, but he's not going to get you, like, probably not going to be a first-line guy. I'm guessing. Because those guys cost a lot. Uh, I feel like, oh, sorry, this is Doc Ad saying, I feel like we are a three-seed team in the division playing like a bubble team. Do you think Barzell and some of our D-men are simply tired? I believe this is more minutes for Barzy than he's had since Barry has been here. And yes, uh, Barry uh, addressed that in one of the last games, saying he's been relying on his top six uh, guys more. And, you, you know, you see Noah Dobson getting eight minutes so that means, you know, heavier minutes for the other guys. So, yeah, I think there was uh, some fatigue. And, and, and Barry himself said the team was mentally and physically fatigued by the end of that run. Well, seven you know seven games in 11 days is ridiculous. Well, you know, now you have 15 and 29 days. Which is ridiculous. Is, 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 you know, these bye weeks, we're not supposed to 
penalize the team for the rest of the season, and that's what the sum effect has been. Uh, it's a little editorial there. <laughs> that's uh, how you go, boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Glenn Arfjord says, I don't feel confident in this team right now. The holes are way too big right now, and Lou needs to make a trade for some help. You think we'll do? Uh, Lou will do something in the All-Star weekend or the bye week? No. no. Uh, Will Forthman says, last season the Isles were on fire going into the break and not so hot coming out of it. This year, not so much at 500. Early season point streak, non- notwithstanding. Is this something by design? No. No. <laughs> Seems like the team is biding their time and waiting. No, the team no. wants no. to win every single game. Um, Tyler asks about Andrew Ladd. Um, yes, he would... Potentially add offensive upside to the bottom of the lineup, but where uh, uh, I've mentioned why he is not right now. Um, HJB says we need to score. Do you think we can flip Hosang for anything? No. no. Uh, what was the real reason? This is GS Islanders 81. What was the real reason why Barzell got benched? He himself said there was a play in the second period. Holds on to the puck, turns it over. Rangers almost got a goal. And Bar- uh, Barry was just preaching, get the puck deep, get the puck deep. And, and Barzell went against the coach's wishes. Um, let's see. Chris Smith says, there's nothing out there in terms of a top-line scorer, or I think Lou would have made a move by now. Not necessarily true, because a lot more moves are made closer to the, the, right, the right. trade deadline. If that is the case, how do you think the Isles generate more offense? Well, I, I think, it, you know, not to throw everything on three players, but Jordan Everly, Anthony Beauvillier, and Josh Bailey have to score consistently. Otherwise, the, this deal is shot. And, 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 you know, you could throw Broussard in there, too. I mean, I know he's yeah. not making a lot of money, uh, but he hasn't had a goal in... Yeah, in a long, long time, right? Yeah, so, so yeah, I should throw brass in there as yeah, well. Throw him in there as yeah, well. okay. So those four. Um, let's see. Johnny Pajama says, "I feel like the team needs an upgraded Love forward." That name, by the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My question is, do you have any insight on a building sponsor? Building well, sponsor. Well, well, left wait, turn, what? left turn. Okay, so the comment is the team needs an upgraded forward. The question is. Do you have any insight on a building sponsor for the arena and when an announcement may be made regarding one? Yeah, I'm going to break some news now. Me and Colin have purchased the uh, naming rights no, to the I arena. No, I didn't win the Powerball last oh, night. Oh, so. it was going to be the Stevenson and Gross yeah, Bel- yeah, Arena no, at Belmont the, Park. The good news is I have a ticket for the Mega Millions tonight. So, oh, all right. So when I win that, you know, we, we can come back and talk about it again. Uh, no, I, I I have not heard anything about what the corporate name that's, is. Uh, but that's not our that's not our thing, man. Isn't uh, Jim Baumbach? Yeah, but I'll tell you what. Um, there will be a corporate sponsor <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah, it's not just going to be Belmont Arena. Um, Alex says, "Tough few weeks. Still enjoying the ride with this team after decades of suffering." With new Barzell and Pulak contracts taking up a large majority of available cap space, who realistically are the leading candidates to be moved to free up room for a forward upgrade? Um, Well, you're looking at prospects and draft picks because I don't think Lou really wants to give up too much off the NHL roster right now. 
No, I mean, you can't afford to give up anything off your NHL roster. I mean, you're... You know, what do you have? You're, you're in third place in the division, and the team that's the first wild card is one point back, and the team that's the second wild card is two points back, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you can't take anything off your NHL roster uh, realistically unless, you know, it's a massive upgrade. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a few more questions. I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to get to them, but our, we have gone way over our allotted time here. Um, please, uh, we're going to do another episode next week, and uh, please resubmit your questions if I did not get to them. Like I said, we, we got through as many as we could. <laughs> but... Anyway, listen, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much to Colin Stevenson, my oh, good friend. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah. This, is, this is fun. I mean, I wish they would play more often and we could do this more often. Yeah, remember the days when the division teams played eight times? Eight times? Yeah, yeah, that was Oh, fun. my God, that was so fantastic. And Hartford was in the league. Hartford was in the league. You literally never traveled. Because <laughs> <laughs> you played the Flyers eight times. You played Hartford, was it four times? Four times, times yeah. You, you played the Devils eight times. Washington. You played the Rangers eight times. You Great. played, oh, my God, you never traveled. It was so unfair to the Western <laughs> Conference teams. <laughs> Uh, but you again. know, it's funny because uh, you know, just to real quick, like the David Quinn, you know, the Rangers had this wacky schedule when they started. They had three games in the first thirteen days or something. I forget what yeah. it was, and, and they and it was it was bad because they had like a week in between and they had a practice and days off and stuff. And and like David Quinn was always mindful of listen. We can't complain about our travel. We yeah. have the best travel in the league. And, oh, and he's right. I mean, absolutely. If, if you're one of uh, you know uh, one of the two New York teams or, or the Devils, you have the best travel in the league. Yeah, and, I, and not even close. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, Colin, thank you so much, and thank you again to Matthew Barzell for taking time. Thank you to you, the listener, for listening and uh we'll be back with another episode before the islanders start playing and again uh, if i didn't get to your uh, if we didn't get to your questions today uh please resubmit them when i put out the call on twitter i will do my best uh you can find colin on newsday at on on twitter at Colin S. Newsday. And I am at Agros Newsday. Uh, you can find back episodes of Island Ice Podcast wherever uh, podcasts can be found, uh, specifically on the newsday.com backslash sports uh, website. Uh, there is an Islanders page. There is a Rangers page. You can find uh, all your hockey coverage there. Uh, please follow uh, Laura Albanese for reports from the All-Star Weekend in St. Louis. She's at Albany's Laura. And I believe that's it. Happy hockey, everybody. <laughs>